Mac Folklore Radio, read by Derek. Macworld, June 1992. The Iconoclast by Stephen Levy. Claris Redux. Dan Eilers seems to be having the time of his life. His face wears the expression of a weekend poker player finally allowed into a high-stakes match who just drew an inside straight. Try as he may to prevent it, a giddy smile breaks through. He knows the smile isn't politic, but he's too excited to worry about it. At least, that's the impression I got when we sat down to discuss his nascent reign as the president and CEO of Claris, the wholly-owned software subsidiary of Apple Computer. After years of toiling at weighty but relatively low-profile jobs at Apple, most notably as the chief purser of the company's in-house venture capital program, Eilers now revels in his new role as software magnate. When it comes to software written for graphical interfaces, such as the Macintosh operating system and even Microsoft's Windows environment, nobody does it better than his team, says Eilers. We're very good at it, he assures me. The best in the industry at user-centric applications of software. Later, he returns to the subject. Claris's strength derives from applications software, he says. We do more on the Mac than any other major player. We are great at it. Claris is software from the people who made the Macintosh and Apple II. Claris is the only major software developer totally dedicated to designing products that finally take full advantage of Apple's unique architectures. No compromises, because there's no need to market to other operating systems. That's what Core Technologies is all about. We build these software building blocks like a spelling checker or an AI inference engine or a SQL communications module, whatever. And once these building blocks are developed, we can integrate them into all of our applications. Hardware companies use the same concept. And this will allow us to bring new products to the market a lot faster. This building block approach will ensure that all our applications have a unified personality that goes well beyond the user interface. That's really what it's all about. The pace of development and innovation just got a lot faster because Claris has the resources to make it happen. That means that your computer is rapidly going to become an easier and more versatile tool. If this were a movie, the soundtrack would be playing one of those stupid pop anthems. Dan and his executive team would be in a lush meadow, a group of business-suited white men tossing the familiar blue and white Claris boxes to each other in slow motion. Somewhere in a dark tower, Bill Gates would be clutching his chest in pain. At this point, such a movie would have to be rated as fantasy science fiction. At least, that's the word from Eiler's competitors. Whereas once the name Claris sent software developers into apoplectic stuttering fits, something new has crept into their reactions. A relative ennui, or even dismissive laughter. The overwhelming sentiment of the executives of the developers I spoke to Tellingly, a sentiment not expressed on the record, 
was that a competent Claris would indeed be a troublesome competitor, given that Apple's ownership gives the playing field an inevitable tilt. But, and here's the rub, they don't seem to regard Claris as competent. On the contrary, they seem to think that Claris is a joke. Why worry about Claris, I was told. It's doing such a good job of destroying itself. Claris and Hubris Apple started Claris in 1987 when several executives, among them Dan Eilers, urged the company to set up a division specifically to create great applications for the Macintosh. To placate the fears of those third-party developers who had kept the Mac in business by already creating great applications for the Macintosh, Apple decreed that the new company would have its own identity, would receive no special favors, and would, at the soonest opportunity, be spun off as an independent entity in which Apple would hold but a minority share. A management team was appointed, led by Bill Campbell, who informed me early in his tenure that Claris was destined to become the number one software company in the Mac marketplace. Most big software companies start by creating a great product, growing with it, and spending the rest of their lives trying to desperately repeat their first big success before they milk the last ounce of gold from it. Claris was different. It began with unheard-of resources, a list of solid, if underexploited, applications, and the clout of its parent company. It was a multi-million dollar company without trying. Eventually, Campbell and company earned the respect, if not the awe, of the industry by setting up the workable infrastructure of a major software operation as well as establishing an identity for Claris independent of Apple's. But though it proved capable of using its fat coffers to acquire products, Claris never did develop any killer applications in-house, and it never even came close to knocking off Microsoft as the leader in Mac software, which many still believe was Claris's mission. No compromises, because there's no need to market to other operating systems. The initial gripes of some of the competitors faded as they realized that Claris, while formidable, was in no way destined to bulldoze its way to domination. Anyway, they assumed, soon the company would be independent and that whole sticky problem would go away. But in June 1990, Apple dropped a bombshell. Claris was not going public. Apple decreed that Claris would hereafter be a permanent, wholly owned subsidiary, Apple's official software wing. It really was a rethinking of the entire situation, explains Al Eisenstadt, Apple's chief legal officer and a board member of both companies. Software operations played strategically into Apple's long-term plans. We realized that if we spun Claris out, we'd need to start a new Claris. Two groups of people were unhappy with this. First were the Claris executives, potential shareholders in an independent company. No independent public offering meant that they would not be visiting the Ferrari dealerships quite yet. Apple, which has never had a problem with tossing small fortunes into the hands of its executives, tried to soothe the souls of Campbell and his top guns with millions of dollars and consolation prizes. But the disappointment stuck. Instead of being on their own, the Claris folks were wholly owned 
permanently by a company whose corporate credo was reorganization and confusion. Within a year, the entire complement of top executives found reasons to leave. Few who witnessed it will forget the comical spectacle in the summer of 1991 when Claris held a press conference to introduce its new ClarisWorks integrated product. Before the demo, about a dozen members of the company's executive staff were introduced, and the most senior member of the group had been there only a few weeks. Not long after, in what current Claris Vice President of Product Development, Dick Matthews, calls a ripple effect, the next level of management began trickling away, and months after that, some of the programmers. Some projects were nearly gutted. For instance, the team creating the long-overdue MacWrite Pro lost its engineering manager, the program's chief architect, and its boss. Profit Motive The other unhappy bunch consisted of companies competing with Claris. They were quick to note the flaw in Apple's logic. If it was necessary in 1987 to promise to spin off Claris to preserve fair competition, what had changed in 1990? What had changed was this. Apple was less beholden to its software developers. With the Macintosh a more proven success than ever, Apple figured the presence of its own software company would not keep potential developers away, and it certainly wouldn't force current developers to give up on the Mac. As long as Apple didn't give Claris egregious favors, it figured that people would pipe down. Indeed, they did. Even Microsoft's executive vice president of worldwide products, Mike Maples, who says he watches out for those things, notes no special advantages doled out by Apple to its offspring. Generally, I've taken the position that it's not fair yelling wolf until you see a wolf, says Maples. To date, we haven't seen a wolf. At least one competitor, however, says he's spotted one. Mark Simonson, president of Beagle Brothers, complains that Claris's assured access to Apple products is unfair to smaller developers. We couldn't get a PowerBook to test our software on until the computers were already announced, he says. But in my conversations with several other Claris competitors, I find such complaining rare these days. Instead, the gleeful word in the industry is that no one needs to worry about Claris because Apple is screwing things up. What evidence do these off-the-record badmouthers offer? First, Dan Eilers. They consider him a lightweight with little experience in the nuts and bolts of the software business. Then they note Apple's endemic propensity for destructive directional shifts. Surely, they say, the presence of Apple's bureaucracy will hamper Claris's ability to respond to twists and turns of the marketplace. Finally, they howl with mirth at Claris's premiere in the Windows world with the presentations application called Hollywood, which is generally regarded as a dog. No compromises, because there's no need to market to other operating systems. Anyway, why would Windows users buy their software from Apple? Would Macintosh devotees flock to IBM if the company started selling word processors for the Mac? Give them a break. To be sure, 
Claris bashing is fun. It's even more fun after hearing Eilers boast about the brilliance of his company's software, when in fact every one of the major Claris applications was inherited from Apple or purchased from outside developers. But I can only bash so far. Behind Eilers' bravado, there's a lot of sense, not to mention the multi-billion dollar company that makes the computer that runs the software. For one thing, Apple has wisely decided that Claris should be run as a profit-making organization. Eilers says he has but one mandate, to turn a profit for his division. There are only two profit centers at Apple, he explains. One is run by Mike Spindler and has $7 billion in revenue, and the other is run by me and has, reportedly, $100 million in revenues. While the latter seems puny compared to the former, that Claris now lives by its bottom line can provide a necessary focus not present in all divisions of Apple. Eilers also has a grand plan. First, Claris intends to rewrite all of its programs, tailoring them to fit on a single core of object-oriented coding that will allow for advanced scripting abilities between the applications. This will also translate to the Claris applications now being readied for other operating systems. In these post-IBM Apple agreement days, Claris can now develop software for Windows and no one raises an eyebrow. No compromises, because there's no need to market to other operating systems. Eilers promises two more Windows applications by the end of the year and also reveals that Claris is seeking budding new operating systems on which to write applications of the future. As Eilers puts it, in 1992, we'll choose one new hardware paradigm on which to place applications software. One of those paradigms, also known as computers, is bound to come from inside Apple. And here is where Claris has a true advantage over its competitors. As the official software arm of Apple, Claris sends its engineers all over Cupertino to participate in the big projects. This includes the Apple-IBM collaboration Telligent, Apple's rumored notebook project called Newton, and even a top-secret General Magic project in which Apple has a minority stake and which reportedly will result in a low-cost product sold through consumer channels. Claris's ability to track the development of these systems, and even to affect them so that they will accommodate Claris's specific needs, are valuable assets to the company. As far as Eiler's leadership is concerned, it's much too soon to dismiss him. He may not have run a software company before, but he knows the back channels and intrigues of Apple politics. And for the leader of Claris, that may be more important than grokking distribution channels. Eilers also has the luxury of learning his job without the pressures of most of his recession-beleaguered competitors. Claris is loaded with resources, has a full complement of existing applications, and has the inside track to new systems that will drive the applications of the future. And no matter how bad things get, his company has a built-in failsafe, the Bozo Factor. This assumes that a certain percentage of bozos will always prefer software written by the company that makes their hardware. Thus, even the lamest Claris application will find its way to users blissfully unaware of WYSI alternatives. 
and a truly competitive application like Clarisworks will get an extra boost. If Eilers is smart, he will use these edges. He won't beat Microsoft, but he will deliver a profit that will please his masters. If he doesn't, maybe the next person in charge will do so, or the next. When I talked to the guys who began Claris five years ago, I took note of their brash confidence and suggested that they rename the company Hubris. After meeting Dan Eilers, I still think my name fits better. But that doesn't mean that we could, or should, count Claris out, especially not because Apple Computer is bolted into the driver's seat. Apple may have its foibles, but somehow it managed to introduce and sustain something very near to our hearts and pocketbooks. The Macintosh. And as Claris VP Dick Matthews notes, the Macintosh itself was not a hardware breakthrough, but a software coup. Would it be unreasonable to assume that some success might come from Apple's software arm? Unfortunately, Bill Campbell, who later headed Intuit, passed away in 2016, and Dan Eilers passed away in 2013. A big thank you to Blake Patterson of The Bite Seller for preserving the delightfully awful Claris promotional, self-promotional, VHS tape from about 1987 or 1988, judging by the copyright dates on the software shown in the video. Check the show notes if you'd prefer to watch the video rather than listen. Imagine you could build a company that is to software what Apple is to hardware. We really have a great team. The kind of people that made Apple truly great. The kind of people who really believe in the idea that the power of the microcomputer should be available to everyone. What would you make of it? We really saw this as a wonderful opportunity for the first time to concentrate on Apple software. It's an opportunity to take great people, a clear strategy, and really make it happen. software from the people who made the Macintosh and Apple II. Claris is the only major software developer totally dedicated to designing products that finally take full advantage of Apple's unique architectures. No compromises, because there's no need to market to other operating systems. That's what Core Technologies is all about. We build these software building blocks like a spelling checker or an AI inference engine or a SQL communications module, whatever. And once these building blocks are developed, we can integrate them into all of our applications. Hardware companies use the same concept. And this will allow us to bring new products to the market a lot faster. This building block approach will ensure that all our applications have a unified personality that goes well beyond the user interface. 
That's really what it's all about. The pace of development and innovation just got a lot faster because Claris has the resources to make it happen. That means that your computer is rapidly going to become an easier and more versatile tool. To assure all this, we're going to be talking with you. More than once I've called software companies and the right person wasn't around or they put me through to someone who took a guess or they say they'll call back in a week. It is really important that they get through to the right person so their problem's handled effectively and immediately. Absolutely. I think the big point here is whether it's a technical problem or a bad disk, our customers deserve the best support we can give them. So, what about now? Well, already Claris is a full slate of significant and attractive updates to some of the most popular software packages on the market today. Ready? Now. And available as low-cost upgrades to current owners. To many, this group of icons will appear familiar, but behind them we'll find some very useful and impressive changes. For starters, Mac Paint is now compatible with the Mac 2 and Apple Share. You can open up to nine resizable documents at the same time. The snapshot feature, together with Magic Eraser, lets users return any portion of the picture to a prior version and editing can be accomplished at four different zooming levels, including 50% reduction. Some of MacDraw's improvements include significantly increased speed through the elimination of screen redraw, editing accuracy up to 2,000 dots per inch, multiple drawing layers depending on memory available, zoom up to 32 times enlargement or down to three times reduction and the ability to save objects by name in a library. MacWrite now supports large screen monitors, so you can see your entire page on screen. There is now a 100,000 word dictionary, as well as a user dictionary for personal vocabulary. And there are several keyboard shortcuts for frequently used functions. SmartForm Designer is the tool that provides everything you need to quickly create professional quality forms. It can design in points, picas, inches, or centimeters. Forms design can include automatic calculations, formatting and page numbering, and output can be through any PostScript compatible device, including a Linotronic 300. SmartForm Manager is the logical extension that lets you complete and manage smart business forms and allows you to exchange data with many databases and spreadsheets. SmartForms Manager also allows you to sort through stacks of electronic forms rather than paper files. It has context-sensitive help and automatic formatting to speed up the completion process. Among the numerous improvements to Mac Project 2 is that it now allows for color plotter output up to e-size plotters. There is now hierarchical sub-project consolidation, displays of multiple resource calendars, planned and actual status and resource histograms. AppleWorks 2.0 completes the Claris family. 
AppleWorks is the best-selling integrated program for the Apple II, combining word processing, database, mail merge, and spreadsheet capabilities. Many third-party vendors have designed packages that increase its versatility even further. All in all, these Mac and Apple II packages represent a pretty formidable array. But this is only the beginning. We really have accomplished a lot since we started, but I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who don't know who we are. But when they see the things that we have coming, everyone will know who Claris is.